Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blaine Homers and Podcast, part of Sooner Sports Radio on the V Sporto Network. So close to the season. Uh, figured I'd have a uh, numbers guru on, though, to tell us how he sees everything playing out for both the Sooners and uh, college football at large. So go ahead, welcome on Ed Fang of the Power Rank to uh, break down how he sees things going this season by the numbers. Ed, how you doing? I'm doing great, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Great, great. Well, can you tell everybody a little bit about uh, I mean, the Power Rank? I, I know that you do quite a few different sports uh you know, but uh, I guess in general, you know, what what's kind of what are your objectives, and uh, you know, maybe then take us through how you do things for college football. Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of started maybe about six, seven years ago. Um, I just had an idea about how to use my background in research and, and essentially applied mathematics to to rank sports teams, and uh, it was just kind of a side project. Uh, I just, thought it'd be interesting, and, and uh, I ran some NFL numbers, and I sent an email to some friends, and I got some really good feedback. People were interested in this. Like, oh, hey, you know, you're kind of predicting the outcome of games. That's kind of cool. And so it just kind of burgeoned from there, um, and college football has kind of become my my primary, uh, I would say, yeah, my primary focus is mostly football. I do a little bit of March Madness as well. And what, what my core technology does is, is it takes um, – it takes the quantity like margin of victory and adjusts for strength of schedule. And everyone listening here knows how important strength of schedule is in college football, right? I mean, we have Oklahoma, one of the Blue Blood programs, plays in the Big 12, and they're obviously playing a much more different schedule than in Arkansas State in the Sun Belt. And so essentially what my core technology does is it, it adjusts for that strength of schedule. And uh, that's how it all got started. Um, and that's also one of the, the primary ingredients that go into my preseason numbers that I was thinking that you probably want to talk about tonight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you mentioned margin of victory, strength of schedule. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hard when you don't have necessarily any numbers for this season to go on. So can you give sure. people an idea, you know, how is it that you – maybe might come up with a, uh, you know, kind of, kind of a power rating or, uh, you know, an assessment of a team going into the season in the preseason? Yeah, absolutely. So what I do is I kind of look, look <clears throat> excuse me, I look over the last four years um, of, of team performance. And the really nice thing about college football is that teams tend to persist from year to year. So Oklahoma has been an amazingly strong program. And this is something I looked up before the program. So in the Stoop era, um, for any year, Oklahoma's never been out of, they've been out of the top one in the Stoops era. Really? Uh, 2005. Wow. Yeah, just, I mean, just amazing consistency. Like, obviously, there have been seasons in which, you know, the win-loss record didn't look as strong. But when you take that margin of victory and adjust your schedule, it's just very consistent for Oklahoma. And, and so what, what the numbers tell you is that, like, it's very unlikely that Oklahoma's going to take a drop out of the top 25 just as it's equally unlikely that a program like Rice, where I went to school, is going to make a jump from 100th or something where they were last year up to the top 25. 
programs tend to persist because of resources, because of tradition, um, obviously recruiting. You know, when you have more money, when you have more prestige, it's obviously easier to get the better recruits, better assistant coaches, so on and so forth. And so when you look over the last four years, you actually get a pretty good um, look at where a program is trending. Um, you know, in Oklahoma's case, the, the story is that it's always trending high. Um, you know, I know 2014 wasn't the best season, um, but still ended up 14th, uh, 15th, 15th in, in, in the year in ranking that year. So when you look over a four-year window, um, that's the primary ingredient that goes into my preseason ranking. Ah, now stuff like recruiting, I mean, is that something that you don't necessarily take into account? So my preseason model does not explicitly include recruiting. Uh, I found that it doesn't help uh, the accuracy um, of the model at all. Uh, that's not to say that's not important. Um, it's just to say, you know, maybe programs like Auburn are recruiting really well and maybe underperforming. You know, there were years, a couple of years ago where Notre Dame um, was also underperforming the recruiting. Um, so, you know, I find that recruiting does correlate to um, uh, performance on the field, but it's kind of one of those things where you don't know which is the, which way is causal, right? So mm-hmm. is it that recruiting causes good play, or when you have good play and you win a lot of games, you tend to get more recruits? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think I think both are true, uh, and I actually do a separate recruiting ranking where I where I kind of take a weighted average over the last four years, um, and I do that. I try to do that around signing day every year. And so I, I, I look at um, how the different programs uh, rank there. Yeah, yeah, There's and there's certainly a potential for a uh, positive feedback loop there with, uh, you know, doing doing performing well, recruiting well, and recruiting well helps you right. perform well. So, yeah, clearly, clearly. All right. Well, let's get into uh, the actual nitty-gritty then, though, of uh, what's going to, you know, what you've got playing out this season. Uh, looking at your right. numbers, looks like you feel like Oklahoma's in a pretty strong position heading into 2016. Yeah, absolutely. I really like the, the way this uh, this program is looking. Um, you know, obviously a great season last year. You know, more that the, just the numbers see really consistent success in the in the Stoops era. And um, you know, I mean, there's obviously I was looking over the roster a little bit, and it hurts to lose Sterling Shepard and a couple of key offensive linemen and a couple of key players on defense as well. But, you know, when you recruit well, when you have good coaching, you can fix those things. And, you know, every team has problems at this point in the year. So Alabama doesn't have a quarterback. Michigan doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, actually, live in Ann Arbor, so I'm pretty <laughs> familiar with that situation. Um, so every question, yeah, excuse me, every program has questions at this point in the season. And it's, it's kind of a matter of, you know, how luckily do you think the coaching staff can fix those problems by the time it matters in, in November? Uh, do you have anything that, that measures that? That's an interesting point, just as an aside here, but that measures, like, the quality of coaching, for example? I mean, I think it's kind of tied up in that, that strength of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clearly having a guy like Bob Stoops is, uh, is, is a good thing. You know, just, just having quality of coaches, and you're more likely to get that quality of coach when you have a program that has a tradition like Oklahoma. Um, you know, same for Michigan. Obviously, it helps to have a long history of success, and, and then you can land a guy like Jim Harbaugh as well. Um, I mean, I do some different analysis of coaches. We can kind of talk about that. I mean, I kind of like to look at how they do compared to the history, the program average. Um, and so, so there was one little thing that I did with Gene Chizik that showed that you know even 
in his prior, uh, you know, he was the Auburn coach, won a national championship with Cam Newton, and it just kind of seemed a little bit like a fluke, like everything that kind of went right that year. And if you went back to before when he was at Iowa State, like his time at Iowa State, the program had actually kind of done worse than their 10-year average. And so that was kind of an indicator, like, well, maybe this guy isn't that great. And, you know, um, you know maybe he might not be around for that long as a college football coach <laughs> yeah. at, at a place like Auburn. Yeah, you know, and he had, uh, I mean, he had a lot go uh, right there, you know, one of them being having a, you know, a, a talent for the ages in Cam Newton. But, uh, you know, right. Absolutely. getting back to uh, getting back to this season, you know, okay, so I'm looking at the at your rankings here. You know, you've got Oklahoma fifth overall, Alabama, you got Alabama, Florida State, LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma, uh, one, two, three, four, five. So uh, looking at those, right. you know, I guess – you know, what is it about, for example, Alabama? I mean, everybody knows this is a great program. You know, they recruit well. I mean, is there anything, just kind of look at the numbers, for example, what what sets Alabama apart uh, relative to uh, the rest of the college football, uh, college, you know, kind of the college football university teams? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, again, I think that's part of the, the program history that, you know, they they them done well. That was a part of the recruiting that allows them to, you know, fill these gaps every year. Um you know, one thing that I actually want to mention, my model is really simple. Um, I talked about kind of the, the team history that, that's the key component. I also look at returning starters, uh, which is an important thing to do. But I don't look at, you know, I don't distinguish between quarterback and, and linebacker or, or running back or anything. So, so clearly things are a little bit different. And um, when you have a, a quarterback like Baker Mayfield who's coming back and was fantastic last year and is coming back for this season versus an Alabama who's starting over at quarterback again. So there's always room for these subjective adjustments to say, well, hey, you know, maybe Oklahoma's a little low because they do have a solid player at the most important position on the field. And, uh, you know, for a program like Alabama, I mean, they do seem to figure it out, but it does look shaky at times. Yeah, yeah. So I guess then uh, back to Oklahoma, you know, looking at uh, how the Sooners, uh, you know, kind of stack up with the rest of, for example, the Big 12, uh, you know, you've mm-hmm. got Oklahoma fifth overall, and then the next closest program would be. It looks like you got Baylor at fifteen, and right. who knows how that's going to play well, out too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just saw that Sidham transferred, and, and so you know, I mean, you got a completely, you got a different head coach in there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd actually be interested in your opinion about how you think that's going to go because I think fifteen is too high for for that program with what's happened to them. Yeah, no, I, I, Ed. I think that uh, I think you're you're right on the money. I think one of the things that concerns me about them is that they're going to be going into this season essentially with uh, seventy scholarship players. You know, so they're they're fifteen below, right. you know, full, and uh, a lot of their top guys that they were expecting to come in for 2016. I mean, those guys all got released. Uh, you know, uh, and they're right. going to programs like Texas or Oklahoma. So. Uh, you know, I, I look at Baylor and, uh, you know, it, it, I think that, uh, you know, they have a, enough of kind of a break there early in the year where, uh, you know, their schedule's so soft those first few games. They can start off right. hot, but uh, it's those games late in the year when attrition really starts taking its toll that uh, right. I feel like are where they could be in, in some serious trouble because, I mean, we, you right. know, 15 below the, the scholarship limit, I mean, that's that's really low. And, I mean, for a program like Baylor, especially when you think about how many guys they've sent to the NFL recently, I mean, it's hard right. to just, you know, restock uh, that, that kind of the, the, uh, a roster like that. 
Right. And I would point out that they always kind of seem to struggle a little bit in the second half of the season anyway, even when they do have a full host of players, just because they're getting into that really tough part of that big club schedule right yeah yeah absolutely i mean that's been kind of par for the course for them then an- another team that you're high on uh, looks like or, or high, high higher on it would be oklahoma state uh they're at 17 um you know this is a team i guess i'm assuming they i mean they've got uh, quite a few guys back so i'm assuming that that kind of returning starter metric is uh is helping keep them uh, up there in the rankings yeah no absolutely um i, I do want to mention like I, I feel like oklahoma state was one of the most overrated teams in the country last year yeah. i wrote about a bunch in, in some of my bleacher report articles um and i think one of the reasons that they're probably a little bit high in my preseason ranking yes you know the, the i think they have 16 returning stars and that definitely drives um you know what what you see in those numbers but you know they lost their two best players on defense and that's something my model doesn't account for um, and they lost the, you know, and the defense wasn't particularly a strength last year anyway. So, you know, when you lose your two best players on a unit that perhaps wasn't that great, you know, can you see a lot of regression? Um, <clears throat> so I think there's actually kind of a negative adjustment, kind of subjective adjustment in my mind for that team. And I feel like the story is kind of the opposite for TCU, where, you know, they obviously lost a ton on offense and they're going to be rebuilding there. But they had a lot of – they had a couple of players hurt for the year on defense last year that aren't really counted as your returning starters. Mm-hmm. So they're a program that I can see actually being higher. I would actually probably split TCU and Oklahoma State in terms of my Big 12 pecking order um, for that reason. Um, and I think, you know, when Oklahoma travels to TCU this year, that's probably the biggest game of the Big 12 conference. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be an early one too. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly with you on TCU, and uh, you know, you talk about quality coaching. It seems like Gary Patterson knows how to get the most out of his guys. You know, even when they have those years right. where they're in the the you know, say eight and five or seven and six range. I mean, they play everybody tough. Yep, absolutely. Um, then looking nationally, I guess are there any any programs in here? You know, looking around at your at your uh, top ten. I mean, I see a lot of the familiar names here, you know, your Stanfords, your uh, Michigans. Uh, I guess one that's, that's interesting to me, uh, number 12, you've got Arkansas here checking in. Now, you know, uh, Arkansas right. seems to be a team that, you know, when, when I look at the, uh, the quant guys, they always seem to have a higher, uh, you know, th- they seem to rate Arkansas as, as a better team than you'll normally see coming out in their uh, win-loss record. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that comes mostly from these strength of schedule adjustments. You know, you can point to, I mean, the SEC for West is really tough. Uh-huh. And so when, you know, programs like Arkansas, Texas A&M that haven't really been doing that well in the win-loss column, just because they're, you know, they're playing these really tough schedules. Um, and I think that's what you see in a lot of these computer numbers. Uh, I, I actually thought that the Texas A&M attempt in my numbers stood out a little bit more. But you could certainly make the case for Arkansas. Um, as well, um, you know they they lost the quarterback too, so that might be a team that needs to get adjusted down a little bit based on personnel. Yeah, but yeah, I mean most of that's coming from from strength of schedule. Yeah, te- you're right. Texas A&M is another one that stands out. They've recruited really well though lately, and uh, you know, I mean, like right. you said, I mean it's te- it's the SEC West, so right. Well, and, and well, they got Trevor Knight too, mm-hmm. um, which you guys obviously know a lot about. Obviously played brilliantly in the, the Sugar Bowl against Alabama. Um, I think that could be a really good situation for them. Oh yeah, I, I no, I think so too. And uh, uh, 
the one thing about Knight, and it's one of these ones, again, it's not going to show up maybe in numbers, but he's also really good. Uh, there, You won't find anybody at Oklahoma that would have a bad word to say about him. He's really kind of like a locker right. room type guy, you know. And right. with all the, the upheaval, I think, that A&M's had, uh, recently, I mean that'll be that'll be pretty good for them. You know, with him, it's a matter of just him being able to stay on the field. I feel like because he's a good fit sure. for what Kevin Sumlin wants to do. But uh, you know, he was he was very injury prone uh, at Oklahoma, and I think that's that's right. a, that's certainly a concern there. Um, sure. You know, uh, for the Sooners, a, a big uh, early game in the season. You know, starting off the year, Houston. Uh, right. I'm looking down here. Houston's pretty forty. You have Houston at forty-one. Uh, is, right. is this a team that is getting uh, maybe overlooked a little bit? Or no, 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 no. I I, I do not like Houston. Um, I think they had a great season uh, last year, but they were also uh, plus twenty-one in, in turnovers, which I think helped them out in a couple of their close games. Uh, I should mention turnovers is another uh, input into my model, and the idea there is that you know when you have a Houston that's plus 21 in turnovers, that obviously helps you out on the scoreboard. Um, you know, and that helps the, the team rating that is a primary component into my, into my model. But turnovers uh, last year, turnovers tend to be pretty random. So uh-huh. A plus 21 turnover uh, margin last year has almost zero ability to predict what's going to happen this year. And, in fact, Houston's been plus 51 the last three years, which so you're averaging plus 17 every year. Uh, that's something that's been really hard to replicate in 2016. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, my numbers do feel like Houston's a little overrated. Uh, but I would like to mention that I think I have Oklahoma as an eight-point favorite going down to Houston, uh-huh. and the markets actually have Oklahoma as a ten-point favorite. So my numbers, I mean, the markets seem to like Houston even less yeah. um, than my numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think uh, that's setting up uh, as a potential, uh, you know, kind of public uh, underdog, which would be, uh, which would be a really interesting situation there. That game for, uh, for the Sooners. Um, another one though, they've got early uh, out of conference is Ohio State. Um, right. you know, this is a program that has been, you know, on, under Urban Meyer, really on top of college football, just about uh, up there with, you know, an Alabama or Florida State. But right. uh, this year, you've got them checking in at eleven. I'm assuming it's all that right. talent they lost to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have six returning starters, right? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of guys leaving early. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I do not think that you can count uh, this team out. So you guys get them at home, which is great. Um, Michigan actually has to travel there. I expect Michigan to be a dog mm-hmm. there when they go because of the home field. Uh, I think those two programs are really, really close. Um, I think that actually the national media is going to have Michigan a little bit overrated, especially if they put them in the top five. Uh, I don't think this program's quite there yet, but but Ohio State, I mean they they uh, they lost a ton of talent, but they've been recruiting really well um, as well as anyone in the nation, and it's going to be good for you guys to play them early in the season before you know those guys figure things out. I think, and that that's probably a pretty good situation. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Uh, you know, early road game there for them. That's uh, that's not a good. You know, going to Oklahoma is going to be tough for them. Um, and then uh, one other Big Twelve team I wanted to talk about. That's Texas. Uh, you got the Longhorns checking in at uh, thirty nine. Um, you know, a, a lot of people keep waiting, kind of for for the Longhorns to kind of uh, have that breakthrough year, but. Uh, right. It hasn't come yet. Uh, you know, I, right. I, I'm wondering. Uh, I guess you know. You, I guess 
for a team that recruits so well, I mean, why would Texas be so low? Well, I mean, because they haven't had a quarterback. I mean, I feel like it's, it's, you know, I mean, Charlie Strong needs a quarterback. And, you know, you can do as well as he's done on the defensive side of the ball. If you just don't find a guy that can accurately throw the ball, it's really tough to win games. I think we saw a similar thing with Will Buckchamp at Florida. You know, I'm not saying the guy did anything wrong. It's just he couldn't find a guy to, to throw the ball. Um, so we'll see. I think I think it's a very interesting year down there as well for Texas. Yeah, yeah, I feel like if, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's certainly going to be, I, I don't think it's, a, it's a, you know, a, a contrarian take to say that if Strong doesn't really show some improvement, they could be in uh, some serious, he could be in some serious trouble this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, was he was he pretty well uh, rated, or did, was was Louisville pr- fairly strong under him when uh, when uh, he was at, uh, when he was there? I mean, do you, do you recall? Oh, yeah, absolutely, they were, but they had Teddy Bridgewater, right, who had, yeah. like, the most miraculous play. I mean, what was it, like 30 touchdowns in one pick or something like that? Yeah, oh, yeah. This yeah. last year there. So, you know, as a coach, you're going to look good when, when you got a guy like that. Um, you know, I, I was actually down in Austin in, in February, and they seem to like they seem to like Coach Strong. Um, but obviously people get antsy when, when you're not getting the wins on the field. So if they can't do that this year, I'd, I'd be interested to see what their patience level is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess one question I've had, and I know you and I have talked about this um, a little bit, is uh, looking at, at the kind of the way the teams are grouped this year. Um, you know, most of the, uh, you know, I, I think some of you, you know, your top teams, uh, you know, looking at their win totals, you've got them in like the ten win range. My question was, uh, I mean, you know, normally it takes you know a, a one loss season to uh, you know get to get to the playoff, one loss or an undefeated season. Um, you know, eventually I'm sure we will have two lost teams getting in there, but I guess, you know, one of my questions then is if you've got everybody pegged for 10 wins, uh, you know, how, how hard is it or how likely is it that that team gets to, that there are those teams that get to 11? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, kind of the easy answer is, you know, if you have like eight teams pegged for 10 wins, you know, half of them are going to go either there or over, yeah. you know, a, a couple of them will end up over and having either 11 or, or 12 wins. Um, but I think that's a really good question. I mean, I think, you know, you kind of, you, you were also asking me about parity yeah. in college football and why is everyone down at 10. And I actually think Oklahoma is actually a really good example to explain that because they're going to be a favorite in every single game. Um, but when I break it down, I actually have a win probability for every game, and that's how I calculate my win total. Yeah. Um, there are about six or seven games that, Oklahoma's going to have a 75% chance, so three and four, um, so, so seven or eight. Um, we can go through them and, like, at Houston. Uh, the lowest win probability I have is at TCU, about 6%. But let's just lump them in together and say they have about seven or eight. Let's say they have eight games where you have a three and four chance of winning. Well, on average, you're going to drop two of those, which yeah. is why you get an expected win total of 10 instead of, you know, an 11 or a 12. Um, there's always, you know, college football is a very random thing. And turnovers can hurt you. Just kids just not playing well one particular weekend, and to get through a 12 game season without happening once or twice, it's just pretty unlikely. Um, which is why you see those types of numbers. I also went back in the last year, and my highest win total was Ohio State at 10.7, which I think made a lot of sense given their schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, the Big Ten was looked a lot weaker. You know, Michigan looked weaker than they do this year. Ohio State was a consensus number one after basically annihilating people in the, play, in the first playoff. 
Um, you know, and even with that, they ended up hitting 11 wins because they had the most inexplicable loss of I, I, the most inexplicable loss I can think of when yeah. they lost <laughs> to Michigan State without Connor Cook. Yeah, um, which was which is still still crazy. So it's you know. You know, part of the answer is just randomness. You know, you're going to have an off day. You're going to lose one. You know, like Alabama last year, who's the old Miss when they had five turnovers and, and old Miss gets the, the bounce off the helmet that falls into the receiver's hands for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Things like that happened. And, and, um, and, and that's why, you, you know, you don't, you don't see win totals like 11, 11 and a half. You throw it down at 10, 10 and a half. Yeah, it's just that kind of variance there that will pop some teams up to 11 and some down to 9 or something. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, I got exactly. You. Yeah. Um, okay, oh. well, so then who are those teams going to be then uh, that uh, are, you know, I mean, who do you feel best about kind of making it to the playoff this year? If you had to, if you had to pick the four that you think have the most have the best shot, who would they be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I put Oklahoma in there. Um, I think especially with the Baylor situation, uh, looking um, – with the Baylor situation, Oklahoma looks like the cream of the Big 12. Um, I also think the lack of a championship game really helped uh, Oklahoma. We'll get back I to know that. I want to talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I think that helps them. But um, as for other teams, uh, you know, it's, it's just really hard to bet against Bama. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll pencil them in. Um, obviously, the ACC is a, is a two – is a two – well, the ACC and the Big Ten are kind of – Two team conferences, and I think that's pretty reasonable. So, um, Clemson travels to Florida State this year. Whoever wins that game looks like they have a pretty good shot. And then um, Michigan travels to Ohio State, so both those teams should have pretty good records. But well, Ohio State will you know, probably have one loss with with the trip to Oklahoma. And so, uh, so both, and then uh, you know I like Stanford. I'm actually a Stanford alum. Um, I. I'm not very excited about the coach, but the man wins football games, <laughs> and, and you have to respect that. And, um, you know, they have issues. Uh, they're breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, they have holes on the offensive line. But I, I feel like Stanford's issues are issues that this the personnel and the coaching staff can correct. And where they traditionally had problems, like the secondary, they had a young secondary actually played pretty well last year. So I think there's a lot of, you know, there's, where they lost people are where they're traditionally strong, and that makes me pretty high on Stanford. Um, and and actually, what looks like not a great Pac-12 this year. Mm-hmm. So, take four out of five, depending on how the cookie crumbles in terms of kind of out of conference losses, and and I think there's your playoff. All right. Okay. Um, now, you know, getting back to that Big 12 championship, I, I know that you've done some, you've kind of run the numbers on this, and this is a really murky, uh, you know, question to me because I feel like. It, it all kind of balances out in terms of whether or not that game hurts you or helps you. Uh, but right. I mean, what did your numbers say? What do your numbers say? Yeah, so I, I did a study on whether conference championship games hurt or, or, or helped you. And what I did was I went back over three seasons and I gave the Big 12 a championship game to look at, you know, the difference between championship and non-championship. And then I went to the other four conferences and I took out a championship game. Um, and I looked at how that affected their probability. So this is stuff I didn't just come over with this offseason. This is code that I've used to drive the Bleacher Report playoff odds for the last year, mm-hmm. which, has been, which has been a ton of fun um, to do, uh, that we, we published that Tuesday night after the committee 
comes out with the rankings. Yeah, believe. yeah, you, and you're and it's really prescient. I mean, you know, you had Oklahoma having a better chance, I think, last year than uh, most people did, and they 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 ended up yep. you know getting in there near the end. Yeah. Yep. Thanks. Um, so, so what what I found was that the championship. I mean, it was so volatile with the assumptions of the model, and I don't really want to get into the details of it, but you know, you could have a championship game being like minus seventeen percent for your conference to like plus eight percent depending on what assumptions you were making in the model. Um, if you, if you, after thinking about it, you know, I think it slightly hurts the conference. Mm-hmm. That's my final answer. I think it slightly hurts the conference to have a championship game. So I think the Big 12 is in a good spot where they are right now with 10 teams. I feel like that's not going to be the future, but if you had to press me, I think I would say 10 teams. And if I were a Notre Dame, I would continue to not be a, an official member of the ACC. Yeah, yeah, no that 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 uh, that part makes sense. I, 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 the one thing that I wonder about though is watching them last year. You know that last week of the season, uh, you know Michigan State uh, flip flopped with OU there at uh, uh, three and four or whatever, what have you. Right. Michigan in, uh, and I think that I mean I guess it could be a lot of different things, but I, I do wonder if it was having that extra extra game was what. Gave uh, Michigan the uh, I mean, probably Michigan State the uh, the nod over the Sooners, which ended up knocking OU out of that that game in Dallas against Alabama, as opposed and, and going to Florida instead. But I mean, that's at some right. point that's that's you know really splitting hairs. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's actually one of the things, the factors that have gone into my model that I think is right. So what I do is teams that play in a championship. The edge I give them is that I move them over a team that doesn't play in a championship game. So we've seen that with Michigan State last year. Uh, I believe we saw it with Florida State two years ago. Remember when they kept they kept yeah. winning close games and everyone yeah. kept saying, this team's terrible, but they kept winning. Yeah. And then they finally won the ACC championship, and I think they jumped somebody. Yeah. Um, so that that looks like what the committee is doing, and, and that's, you know, it's reasonable. These mm-hmm. are human beings, and that just that does kind of make sense in terms of recency bias and, and things like that. Um, so I have that in my model and I've thrown some other things out that I think were less realistic, like just dropping teams that didn't have a conference championship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well with a certain probability. Okay. Well, cool. Um, well, well, Hey Ed, uh, you know, uh, thank you so much for your time. And I, I, let everybody know kind of where yeah. they can follow uh, all the different stuff you're doing. I mean, it seems like I see you popping up with different, uh, at different places all the time. So, Oh yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, so the main place is thepowerrank.com. So you can go there. Uh, there's a predictions page. I actually just posted my top 10 games of the first weekend of the season, including Oklahoma's game, uh, with predicted point spreads out of my preseason model. And, um, you know, the thing to do there is to sign up for the newsletter. And if you do that, I'll send you my college football win totals report, which will give you a win total for all 128 FBS teams. And um, i also tell you which polls are useful in making predictions, and I think the answer is kind of surprising. Ah, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, Ed, you know, your stuff is so informative. I really do appreciate it, man, and, and you have such a good, you, you do such a great job of explaining things, reading through, uh, you know, all, all the different articles you put out and everything, so I, I really love it. It's a great resource, and I highly recommend uh, for everybody that's listening right now that you go check it out because uh, Ed does a really good job with that. I really appreciate that. That, uh, that makes my night. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, if I can make your night, that's uh, <laughs> that's good enough for me, man. So, all right. Well, hey, Ed, thanks again so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it, man. Thank you.
And thanks to you all for joining us, too. For the Blatant Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.